The Covenant Podcast is brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS exists to provide ministerial training in the context of a confessional local church. They are confessional, Baptist, affordable, accessible, and accredited. Stay tuned for more information about CBTS or head on over to their website at cbtseminary.org. The Covenant Podcast exists to discuss doctrine, theology, and the biblical worldview from a covenantal Baptist perspective. We pray that this resource will be edifying to you and glorifying to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. Today, we want to welcome our guest, Dr. Dustin Binge, to the Covenant Podcast. Uh, Dustin Binge is a Ph.D. graduate from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He is a lecturer and an administrative research assistant at the Andrew Fuller Center for Baptist Studies on the campus of the Southern Seminary. Uh, He is also a visiting professor at Munster Bible College at Cork, Ireland. In addition, he is the associate editor of Expositor Magazine, a publication of or a publication ministry of One Passion Ministries. He has also served as a pastor in Kentucky and Alabama. Dustin enjoys doing research and writing in the areas of biblical spirituality, church history, poetry, and American history. And his books include a Journey Toward Heaven, Daily Devotions from the Sermons of Jonathan Edwards, Lifting Up Our Hearts, 150 Prayers from John Calvin, uh, Sweetly Set on God, The Spirituality of David Brainerd, and Pulpit Aflame. Dustin and his wife, Molly, live in Louisville, Kentucky. Dr. Benj, we want to welcome you to the podcast today. Thank you so much, Austin. It's a privilege to be with you and Jimmy. Um, I'm coming to you uh, live, of course, from the beautiful campus of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and uh, thankfully the sun is shining today, so I'm very happy to be with you both. Dr. Benj, our conversation today will be focused on social media. As a Christian, what are your main objectives whenever you are posting from your personal account? Well, Jimmy, I have not really given consideration to this particular question until about a year or so ago. Um, I was just nominally on social media, of course, as everyone, or I suppose most everyone. I had a Facebook account. Um, A Twitter account was not regular for me. I posted very sporadically on Twitter maybe a couple hundred followers on Twitter, and most of those were basically friends or acquaintances that I had at school. It wasn't until about a year to a year and a half ago that that particular platform, uh, Twitter that is, began to grow for me. Um, Why or what undergirded that growth? I'm not quite sure that I, I could answer that question. I I don't really know why that particular platform began to grow, but over uh, a period of 
a year, year and a half, it has grown quite substantially and has caused me to really have to ask the question, what are my main objectives? Why do I post what I post? Why do I say what I say? What is it I want to communicate to the audience that has chosen to follow me? And so in thinking about those things, I have kind of come up, and if any of your listeners have followed me uh, for any amount of time whatsoever, you know that I like lists. I think every preacher appreciates a really good list of things. It kind of outlines particular things in our mind. So I've come up with just a few questions that really I strive to ask myself about everything that I post. I'm not always good about how I answer those questions. And sometimes I will post things that don't really match up to answering those questions appropriately. But just a few things that help kind of keep me in the right track. And I'll just go through those questions if that would be okay with you. Uh, First of all, I wanna ask, is it profitable? So is what I'm posting, whether that would be a quote or my own opinion or something I'm reading or something I'm studying in scripture, is it profitable? Number two, is it beneficial? Or am I just contributing to the larger noise of social media? Is it gonna be beneficial to someone else? Number three, is it something that I would want to read? I try, strive my very dead level best to stay out of a lot of the kind of social media controversies, if you will. So I'm trying to think, is it something I would want to read and something that I feel would kind of feed my soul or give me encouragement during the day or set me or my mind upon a right particular path of thinking? Number four, is it consistent with Christ? That's what we're on there for as believers, as Christians, we're there to promote and to glorify Christ. And so is it consistent with Christ? Number five, is it scriptural? So I'm striving as a believer, as a preacher, as a historian, as a scholar, if you will, I'm striving to say what the Bible says. You know, social media has so many opinions. I'm striving not to give my opinion about something because in the end, my opinion really doesn't matter anyway. Is it in accordance with the word of God? And then finally, and perhaps there's many more questions one could ask, but finally, is it for the glory of God? Am I striving to promote myself? Am I striving to promote my own platform? Am I striving to promote um, something that I'm doing? Or is it for the glory of God? And so those are just some questions that I try to answer most of the time with each post that I make in order to keep myself, my thoughts, my opinions, everything that I post consistently in line with one another. Wow. I uh, really appreciate that answer. So thank you for that, brother. But um, next, as we move this conversation forward, obviously social media is a tool 
And like any tool, social media can be used for good or for evil. What are some appropriate ways that Christians can use social media for good? And that you already gave us this checklist, but can you flush that out a little more? Yeah, sure. Um, I think this is a very important question to ask because so many believers, to me, are on social media. Not everyone, of course, but there are a lot of quote-unquote Christians who are on social media to promote only their personal agenda, whatever that agenda might be. Um, They're there to promote themselves. They're there to promote their own opinions. That's not what I'm looking to do. That's not what I want to do. That's not what I think Christians should desire to do on social media. After all, it is a wide platform by which we have the ability to reach numbers of people from various countries around the world that otherwise we would never be able to engage with. And so my calling is not to constantly engage in promoting my own personal agenda. And so how can we use social media for good? Well, of course, I think we can do some very practical things. We can simply share our thoughts about Scripture, share what we are reading in our regular daily Bible reading. Uh, Sometimes I receive the greatest encouragement from those who just post Scripture verses. Maybe it's a verse that I had not come across in a long time, and it's a verse that I needed to read in that particular moment, and God uses that in my life to encourage me. Secondly, I think we need to seek really to edify and encourage fellow believers. All I see on social media, well, not all I see, but a lot of what I see is a constant tearing down of other believers. I, I think we are implored by Paul, the apostle, who knew nothing, of course, about social media, but his injunctions to edify, to encourage, to love, to seek, to build up the church of Christ, I think apply as well to the platforms that we have as Christians on social media. Really, my question is, are are you purposefully seeking to tear someone else down? If this is your purpose on social media, as a Christian, I encourage you to get off social media as quickly as possible because eventually your own heart begins to suffer. Your your own spirituality begins to suffer. Your own relationship with the Lord begins to suffer. I find so many people are just purposefully looking for a fight. I I don't naturally enjoy controversy and a fight. I don't naturally enjoy the engagement in some sort of a discernment ministry. There are so many people, Christians, on social media that feel that their ministry is to go around and tell everyone else what's wrong with their theology. <laughs> that's not my purpose at all. That, that's, I hope, not what our Christian purpose is. My purpose is to share sound doctrine. My purpose is to share truth. Now, if that truth cuts or convicts, 
then I leave that to the truth. It's not my opinion. You'll have to take that up with the Lord. You'll have to take that up with the Bible. But my purpose is to share that which is sound doctrine, scriptural truth for the purpose of edifying and encouraging others. Kind of jumping off of your last answer, um, as you mentioned, on much social media, there there is divisions and and there is disagreement, and you do have some discernment ministries that that go around to point out the faults of others. Um, how should we engage with ministries like that or people like that on social media? Um, should we block them? Should we mute them? Should we respond? respond or just ignore them? And what is your personal approach? I think that's a good question as well, just simply because a lot of people, a lot of Christians that is kind of deal with these issues. You know, do I block somebody? Do I mute them? How do I respond to particular situations? If I'm being honest, I would say that there are people that really fit into all of these categories for me. Um, sometimes we should engage them. I normally, as a practice, only engage those that I know, or if someone is asking a really genuine question, I can usually discern if that question is genuine or they have an agenda behind the question. And so one has to be very discerning in, in who we answer and how we answer. So many individuals are just looking to be controversial, so they will bait you. They will put something on a hook and really hope that you grab on. I think, if anything, that social media has taught me, it has taught me patience, and it's also taught me the art of ignoring others' opinions. Uh, Sometimes you just have to ignore them. on social media, uh, particularly Twitter, um, I will have attacks from atheists. I will have attacks from leftists. I will have attacks from many, many others. I've had death threats on social media, um, various other circumstances that should really cause one to question if they're using this platform correctly. But but I think if you're sharing the truth, you're, you're going to get that type of response. But it's how we respond that will be the indication to the depth of our spirituality. If here, Here's some rules that I have, if it's helpful. If they use any type of foul language, they're an automatic block. Um, I have no toleration for filthy, nasty, dirty language. They're an automatic block if they use foul language. If they persist in their position ad nauseum, then it's a clear recognition that they're just wanting to argue. They're not asking a question. They're not seeking to find the answer. They're not asking really for your opinion. They're wanting to use your platform to make their argument. And so if they persist in this any length of time, over various posts that I have, then I will normally mute that person just simply because I don't want it showing up in my feed all of the time. But my general rule is to just simply ignore a lot of stuff. 
Um, if you comment on a post, nine times out of 10, I'm gonna like that comment. If it's positive, if you have a genuine question, nine times out of 10, I'm, if, if time allows me, I'm very gracious in answering those questions. Some people will private message me and ask me for book recommendations. If time allows, I'm very happy to give those recommendations. So I think it depends on who the people are, what is behind their agenda, and if they are genuine in regard to my blocking them, my muting them, my responding to them, or my simply ignoring them. So those are just some things that I do, and hopefully that helps some of your listeners to kind of think through this. Uh, following the last question, and you already alluded to it a little bit, but when is the appropriate time to respond to someone that is openly promoting heresy on social media? Or is social media the appropriate place to respond to such matters? Well, one of the dangers, uh, and there are many dangers, but one of the dangers of social media is that everyone thinks they're an expert. Um, I'm sure you have seen that time and time again. Social media has really given everyone a platform, not always for biblical positions, not always for orthodox sound doctrine and theology, but for their opinions. Um, so if someone, as I've said, is asking a genuine question of me, I will sometimes engage with them. But if a controversy is swirling on Twitter, which that's normally every day, <laughs> if there's some sort of evangelical controversy or some sort of larger controversy surrounding a particular individual that's swirling around Twitter, I so desperately sometimes in my flesh want to comment, want to post something, but I have to ask myself the question, Will my opinion matter? Will my contribution drive the narrative forward? Or am I only attributing to a divisive spirit on the platform the Lord has given me? In other words, if others are engaging in a biblical way, a heresy or a controversy that's going on, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, I usually stay out of it so as not to add any confusion to anyone who may be reading the arguments. So I have a clear understanding of what I want to post, what I want to comment on, and I normally stay out of the larger controversy. Now, that's not always the case of some people. I, I don't look down upon others for... Um, trying to help others think through heretical or um, less heretical positions. Sometimes I will say as a footnote that we jump to label someone a heretic when they're actually not promoting heresy. They're just misunderstanding a text or misunderstanding a doctrine. And so sometimes we have to help communicate that in a certain way. So for instance, if there's a controversy going on about any particular issue, say the divinity of Christ, and there is an argument that's taking place in the wider Twitter, Twitter sphere world, how do I respond to that? Well, I may post 
seven biblical evidences for the divinity of Christ. So in other words, I'm not engaging in that controversy, but I'm posting something that hopefully will help people think through that controversy in a biblical way. And so sometimes, most of the time I should say, my approach is to say nothing. And sometimes I think for the benefit of my own soul, for my own sanctification, that's the best possible thing I can do is to simply say nothing. As a follower of Jesus Christ, what are your favorite things about social media? And what aspects of social media are edifying to your Christian walk? And then lastly, who are some of your favorite accounts to follow? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, Some of my favorite things about social media, I will say, as a footnote, I, I get tired of people who are always on social media, but they're always bashing the platform of social media. <laughs> In other words, if you don't like Twitter, then get off Twitter. I mean, why, why are you even on it? You know, stop, stop talking about the horrible benefits of the platform if you just continue to persist in the platform. So that's really a pet peeve of mine. Uh, There's a lot of good things about social media and a lot of things that it has done. Um, It puts me into contact first and primarily with believers that I have would have never otherwise had the opportunity to fellowship with. I have quite a tremendous following from Africa, the church in Africa and the church in Europe and um, some of the church in Asia and South America. Uh, some a lot of different continents on the globe that perhaps I will never visit, but I have the opportunity to interact with in a manner that helps me encourage them and for them to encourage me. So it's mutual encouragement in a way that we would never otherwise have been able to do with one another. So I think that is that's my great benefit that I get out of social media. Um, I look at, you know, I follow quite a few people. I don't follow a lot. Um, I follow some of the major ministries like Grace to You or Ligonier Ministries. Ligonier Ministries is always posting really great content and articles that I can read that encourage and edify. Um, I follow those accounts that are going to edify me the most, that are going to encourage me in my daily walk with Christ that are going to challenge me in thinking through difficult doctrines that otherwise I may not have thought through, that are going to encourage my soul. Those are the type of accounts that I follow. And to be honest, you just have to find those accounts. I don't know them all. I don't follow them all. There's a lot of great people on Twitter, people that I come in contact with every day that I think, wow, Where have you been in my life that they can add something to the conversation of which I greatly appreciate? And so those are just a a few things that I think through and a few of the benefits that I reap from social media. Well said. Uh, Following that question, 
Uh, Jimmy and I are just very encouraged by your Twitter page overall. I'm interested to know more about your posting schedule on Twitter. How often do you find yourself using social media throughout the day? And uh, do you think it may be wise for others that are tempted to just scroll for hours on end to block segments of their day from uh, social media usage? Every single Sunday morning, I don't know who has an iPhone, but every single Sunday morning, I get this little report at about 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Perhaps it's different on everyone's phone, and it indicates to me what my screen time has been that past week. In other words, how long I have been on certain particular apps on my telephone. That is always, Austin, a good indication to me of whether most of the time if I need to scale back, if I need to um, spend less time in the coming week. And I try to use that as a gauge for myself, for my own spirituality. Uh, We have to definitely guard our time on social media. You can easily get sucked into a controversy and you read this comment that takes you over here and you follow this thread that leads you to this other thread over here and it it just becomes a large web of time waste. And I, I often think, am I spending more time on social media than I'm actually spending in the Word of God? Am I spending more time on social media as I'm actually spending in prayer before my Heavenly Father? If that's the case, then I'm probably in sin, and I need to repent of that sin, and I need to reevaluate my time and my life. I personally, normally, am on social media when I have really nothing else to do. So, for example, if I'm sitting at a doctor's office, if I'm sitting at the dentist in the waiting room, if I'm standing in line at the grocery store, when I have just a few moments to be able to scroll through or post something, these are times when I really couldn't be doing something else. Now, of course, there's going to be really holy people who um, really are more holy than they think they are. Actually, they're less holy than they think they are, I should say, who will say, oh, well, you could be reading the Bible or you could be on your app. And I'm thinking, well, then why are you on social media telling me this instead of reading your Bible, (laughs) right? I mean, there's always going to be that type of person. So obviously, I could always be doing something else. I could always be in prayer or something. But I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to seek to encourage others. And so I'm normally on social media when I when I find a few moments of the day that I really could not be engaged in something better. And so we must guard our time and we must not be consumed. Let us not be consumed with something that is transient, that will not be present in the new heavens and new earth, that really has nothing to contribute to the benefit of my own soul and my own growth in Christ outside of the encouragement that I receive from it. Now, in regard to a posting schedule, just to be honest, I don't have a posting schedule. I have only scheduled um, 
maybe 10 or 15 tweets in my whole life. Um, I normally post something that I'm thinking through in that moment. I normally post something when I'm reading through something, when I'm reading through scripture, when I'm reading a book, when I come across a quote and I think, you know what, that would be great for me to post. Normally, I'll post a couple times before lunch, normally once of the morning, sometime before lunch, maybe once after lunch, and then normally there's a longer gap and I post something normally after the evening meal when everyone is settling in, checking that social media account one more time before they go to bed, um, I try to post something else. So normally three, four posts a day, uh, five and six and seven and eight posts a day is very unusual for me. If I'm live tweeting a sermon at a conference or something, normally, obviously, that's going to be more. But uh, normally, it's three to four at the most five posts a day. What are some specific ways that we can use social media to spread Christian content? Because you had mentioned that you, you've had the ability, because of social media, to interact with people all over the globe. Yeah, um, instant communication. Uh, that, that, I think, is probably the best um, benefit of social media instant communication. So I can speak with someone in Europe or in Asia or in Africa or um, in Australia, and it's immediate. So it's not that they have to wait even sometimes for an email to arrive or especially mail to arrive to an answer. So instant communication is a great benefit that I take advantage of with social media. Uh, this question is a little different than some of the other questions that we've asked thus far. What advantages do modern Christians have with social media that Christians from 50 years ago d didn't have? And uh, in what ways were they benefited in the past not to have social media? Yeah, I've thought about this, and I'm sure you have too. Um, what would have Twitter been like had Martin Luther had it in his day, or Jonathan Edwards had it in his day? Would they have even engaged in social media? I don't normally like to take the current period and try to place it on another time context, just because it's, it's just kind of artificial and not real, but it is fun to think through. Again, I, I'd say the benefit, obvious, it obviously, is instant communication. The disadvantage is time. I think that is the primary disadvantage. Um, Edwards, for instance, Jonathan Edwards, was so structured in his time and the time he spent in his study and the time he was in the Word of God and I think he would have tried to shun, as he did, he would have tried to shun anything that would draw him away from more important work. I think another disadvantage is it's very easy to make enemies of those we have never personally met. Uh, we form very quick opinions on social media because they're posting something that we disagree with or we don't like. And we think that we understand the whole of a person's personality and character and integrity from about a 200 and, and I don't even know how many characters there are, 250, 270 
character post that we understand everything there is to know about that person. And I think that's a great disadvantage that we make judgments about those we have never met because of their social media profile. So I think that's some disadvantages that people 50 years ago would not have encountered, that if they were going to make enemies, as Luther did, he would have disputed them in a public argument. If they were going to make enemies, um, as in um, the 18th century during Jonathan Edwards, they would often write whole treatises against one another's doctrines. Um, it would not just be a 250, 270 character post, but it would be a well thought through argument from a well understood argument because you have either met with that person or you've read their work and you are full acquainted with their work. Today, we are instant to make enemies, instant to be angry, instant to be impatient, and instant to make judgments that I think are just completely unfair to do. Dr. Binge, do you have any final encouragements for social media usage or advice to Christians that are posting online? Well, I would just take you back kind of to circle back um, to the original first question of the questions that I ask of myself and just remind your hearers of some things that can help structure or uh, direct their social media posting. Is it profitable? Is it beneficial? It is, so, is it something that I would want to read and for the benefit of my own soul? It, is it consistent with Christ? Is it scriptural? And is it for the glory of God? Those are, again, some of the questions that I ask myself that I would implore others to ask of themselves before they post. And also, I mean, guys, Austin, Jimmy, you know, don't get too serious about it all. I mean, this is this is something called Twitter that's represented by a little bird flapping his wings. I mean, this is not life or death. Uh, your opinion about something doesn't matter near as much as you think it does. You aren't saving the church. You aren't a crusader. Christ will build his church regardless of your social media account. Christ will sanctify his people regardless of your social media account. God does not need you on social media to defend him, to defend his church, to defend his people. He will do it by himself. Now, we have the tremendous privilege, do we not, to come alongside of him and to join him in that work. Will we be judged for our social media presence? Well, I dare say we will, because Scripture is very clear that we'll be judged for every single word that proceeds out of our mouth. How have you, how have you tweeted, Facebooked, Instagrammed in such a way as to bring glory to our God and to exalt the name of Christ? Those ultimately are the questions that we need to think about, that we need to always consider in engaging in social media. Amen to that. Well, as 
previous episodes. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS exists to provide ministerial training in the context of a confessional local church. They are, among other things, confessional, Baptist, affordable, accessible, and accredited. You can learn more about them at cbtseminary.org. That is cbtseminary.org. Dr. Binge, we want to thank you for coming on the Covenant Podcast today. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Austin. Um, It's a tremendous ministry that you're doing. Thank you for making this content available to others. And I just pray and hope that all of your content would be encouraging to others, would edify others, and would seek to disciple others as they grow in the knowledge of our precious and dear Lord. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. If you've enjoyed this resource, or you simply like the Covenant Podcast, head on over to our iTunes page, subscribe, and leave us a review. We are also available via Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and Podbean. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. Grace and peace to you.